0: Today's episode is brought to you by Kindred.com. Kindred partners with local churches everywhere to make smart giving a possibility with a simple tap, click, or text. It is a beautifully simple concept.
1: I love the ability to give with my phone because it allows me to be generous even when I don't have cash on me. Uh, Because let's be honest, I never have cash on me. With Kindred.com, it takes that element completely out of the equation and it unleashes generosity in your people by making it as convenient
0: as possible to give. Here's how it works. If you want to give by text, you simply send a text to your church's giving number. And the first time, they'll reply with a secure link to register. After that first time, all you have to do is text the amount you want to give, and you'll receive a confirmation. Kindred also allows you to embed a smart giving button on any page of your website, and you can set up scheduled gifts to occur on a weekly, biweekly, or monthly basis. So it
1: really is user-friendly for the people in your church. And it also works on the back end as well. With their powerful tracking system and fast end-of-day transfers, Kindred works hard to make it just as easy on churches as it is for their givers. To find out more about how Kindred can help you and your church, visit Kindred.com and unleash generosity in your church. For our listeners only, enter code SHEEP during sign-up for your first month free. Today's episode of the Creative Sheep Podcast is brought to you by Renewed Vision, the creators of ProPresenter. For over 17 years, ProPresenter has been used by churches all over the world for lyric and scripture presentations, audio and video playback, environmental projection, and a lot more,
0: Jared. You know, Roman, I would say that ProPresenter is the creme de la creme.
1: It is the creme de la creme. If you're looking for something to uh, play video slides... Uh, audio files it's it's really versatile you can probably use it for things that i don't even know you can
0: use you can use throw it for. those lyrics up on the screen for those for those amazing worship sets that you're doing through Absolutely. ProPresenter
1: if you're playing a game in a kids classroom you can use these, you can like do, make a game board you can use props you it's can, incredible it's it's uh, really amazing um, ProPresenter is used by over 95% of outreach magazines 100 largest fastest growing and most influential churches it's available on both Mac and Windows so it's very versatile uh, very versatile so head over to renewedvision.com and check it out Now, let's get to the show.
0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Leadership Podcast, the podcast where we talk to people who are good at what they do to inspire leaders like yourself to get better. Folks, my name's Jared Hogue, and sitting across the airwaves from me is the one, the only, the professional rapper uh, with some crazy hair tonight, uh, Roman Johnson.
1: Why is my hair... It's, it's fairly... It's kind of crazy, I guess. I can't see it. Just through the computer
0: screen, it looks (laughs) a little crazy. It is
1: great to be here on the Leadership Podcast uh, today. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for listening. If you're driving, if you're sitting at home, by maybe by a crackling fireplace with a mug of uh, hot tea listening to this, we are so glad that you're joining us.
0: Yes, we absolutely are. You know, Roman, we, we kind of rolled the dice with that name, the Leadership Podcast, um, but the more I hear it, the more we say it. I like it. I really like it.
1: I really like it too. I, I'm a fan. Uh it, it it talks about what we talk about. Yeah. You know, got leaders. Yeah. But uh, hey, we're all we're all we're we're sheep following Jesus. It's what we all are. Amen. Amen. But we're well, we trying to build the leader, the leader sheep. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Folks, if you, let us know what you think about the new name. You know, you can hit yeah. us up on social media. You can email me, Jared at creativesheep dot uh, But folks, we got a great show for you today. I don't I say that every every episode, and, and, and now every week since we are weekly on this podcast. Weekly. Um, weekly. Shout out
1: to my shout out to my beautiful wife who does the show notes for the show. Julianne, you know, Anne, she's
0: taken it over and not missed a beat ever since Jan left. Uh, Julianne is just killing it.
1: Just she's killing, killing it. it out there. She's slaying it. She's just. She's just chopping its head off.
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh.
1: Sorry, that got so, really graphic.
0: It really did. Uh, <laughs> folks, this is episode 49. Episode 49. Woo-hoo! If you've been tracking with us at all, Roman made a promise that that super <laughs> sick beat that plays at the beginning of our show, we call it the Creative Sheep Anthem. That's right. Uh, I guess now it'll be the Leader Sheep Anthem. Leader Sheep uh, Anthem. Roman has promised that he is going to uh, write a rap and rap on that on the 50th episode, which is next week. It next coming week. We've out really next been, week.
1: We've really been building this up to a lot bigger than I intended it to be, but it's gonna be great. <laughs> it is. I can it's, guarantee that.
0: It's gonna be so great. And you're gonna hear that next week, folks. We've got a uh, special episode for you next week on the Leadership Podcast. Uh, but today on episode 49, we we are joined by Brady Shearer. Brady Shear is the founder of Pro Church Tools. Uh, they say, you know, you can feel like a pro. You learn some creative skills to get your church noticed, pro tips, and practical tools for communications, video, and design. That's Brady's just an awesome dude, though. Uh, I in fact, the pinned tweet on his Twitter account right now, I love this. I just stumbled across this before we started recording. It says, If you think the best way to share the gospel is through a 30 minute talk from the stage once a week, you're doing it wrong. Hashtag it's 2016, now 2017.
1: Uh, Whoa. That's he's like, mixing it up. He is yeah. mixing it up.
0: That's one of those though like you read it and it's one of those like ever you, you think it but you probably shouldn't say it and he said it and then when you hear it it kind of like sucks the air out of the room like oh, it, it, this this might offend somebody. But you know what? He's <laughs> right. He is so right. Like if you think that's the way and he this is what I love about Brady is that he doesn't just make a statement like that and then just like, oh, I dropped the mic. I'm so smart. No, he gives super practical stuff ongoing for free, and he charges you for, for some stuff, but still, uh, they just some super practical stuff, super practical, Roman. In fact, today, we're talking about what he believes to be one of the most effective forms of communication, which is through stories, telling great stories. Roman, you love great stories,
1: I do. I'd have to agree that is, uh it is definitely one of the most effective ways to communicate. Um, Jared, what's your favorite story of all time?
0: Oh, man. It, is it too cliche to say the story of Jesus?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I guess not. That's a really great story. It is
0: a really great story. I mean, it's uh, incredible I, I, how I the prefer, Bible all works I prefer works Frozen.
1: Together. I prefer, I prefer <laughs> Frozen, but...
0: Dude, Uh, (laughs) okay, so total sidetrack. I heard this, I don't know if this is true or not, but supposedly that uh, Anna and Elsa's parents didn't actually die in the movie. They, They shipwreck, they get stranded on an island, And then they're attacked by a jaguar and killed. But they had another baby, and it's a boy. And that boy is drumroll, Tarzan. Tarzan. We've all heard it, Jared. Oh, I'm so embarrassed. Five years ago. I'm so embarrassed. I didn't know. I didn't know until it's a fan theory. It hasn't
1: been confirmed.
0: But the video I saw said the director confirmed it. Anyways, back to our interview (laughs) with Brady. Anyways, back to our interview with Brady. Uh, It is a phenomenal conversation. He's going to give you some super practical steps. That's right. Some steps. He's got a system for telling great stories. A system. Roman, you're Jared, a big, uh, you're uh, a big I'm, system I'm, uh, guy.
1: I am. I love systems, but I was going to say on the creative, uh, sorry, the leadership podcast. Now, Presented by creative um, sheep. We love to give practical steps. Yeah.
0: In we fact, if you, you a little pod, if, if you notice on
1: the podcast artwork... You see, you're going to see some steps there. You may not have noticed that those are steps, but they are. Yeah. It's because we love to give practical steps on yep. uh, to, you know, the, your next level of success.
0: Take them one at a time. Just one at a time. And we want to give you some super practical steps today on how to tell better stories at your church uh, this week. It's some stuff that you can apply right here, right now, after listening to this episode. So, Roman, you know, I think without further ado, we go ahead and kick to my conversation with Brady Shear. Let's do it. Man, Brady, thanks for coming on the show today. Really appreciate you stopping by. I am thrilled to be here, Jared. Thanks for having me. Man, of course. So, hey, let's jump in here, uh, which I, I'm sure the people listening out there, it's far and few, few and far between, if I can get my words together here, uh, of people that don't know who you are, or at least the name of your company, uh, Pro Church Tools. Uh, tell us how you got where you are.
2: Well, I went to Bible college to be a youth pastor, so that's where I kind of got my start in the in the church world. I uh, moved across the country with my then girlfriend, now wife, and we began our trek through Bible college together. It was around my second year where I got hired on at my church plant as the media director. So I was about 20 years old, just working 20 hours a week. And honestly, Jared, I had no experience when it came to digital communications. So, I mean, you mentioned my company, ProChurchTools.com. I had no really ever experience when it came to videography, building websites, running social platforms, branding, graphic design. But my pastor, and he's still a great friend to this day, he told me, he's like, you know what, I just, I just saw something in you. He's like, I believe that you could learn these skills. And so he hired me completely green without any pre-existing skills or knowledge. And I just began learning everything that I possibly could. So the first project that we ever did together was this vision video for our church in the fall. And so I found this video that inspired me online and I just said, okay, this is what this video looks like. How can I make this video with the camera that I have? And through about a hundred different efforts of trial and error, you know, I eventually made that video. And then I just did that on repeat for every new skill that I wanted to learn, uh, in the realm of digital communication, and and after about twelve to eighteen months of doing this, and people began hiring me outside of this individual church, and I started being you know somewhat mildly known within the city as the person who understands digital media for church. I started thinking, you know, what? I should I should set up a, an online platform, and I can just teach the things that I'm learning. I mean, I'm tr- truthfully, Jared, I'm no one special. I'm not a super ultra creative artisty type of person. I'm you know, maybe mildly artistic, but mostly I'm just figuring these things out. And if I can learn these skills, we think other churches can as well. And so we started this company, ProChurchTools.com, about three years ago, and we've been publishing educational training content and working with churches ever
0: since. It's awesome, man. So you say you, you t- I guess let me back up just a little bit. Did you you're you in you live in Canada? Do you, so Correct. You're, you're not even I in now, the states.
2: I now live in Niagara Falls, Ontario, Canada, which is about one hour outside of Toronto. And I went to Bible College in Edmonton, Alberta, which is the most northern major metropolis in North America. So when you think of like every cliche pertaining to Canadians and snowy weather, yeah, that's what I lived through in Bible College. Like Ice Road Truckers is like down the street. Seriously. Yeah, it's pretty nasty, so we had to move away because it was the worst.
0: So, like, in Canada, when it snows, it actually stays. I'm like, well, I, I'm in Tulsa, Oklahoma right now, and it's uh, it's the beginning of November when we're recording this, and it's, like, 80 degrees outside.
2: Yeah, that's a lot of degrees. You know, that's Fahrenheit, <laughs> so it's I don't even know how to translate that. Y'all are still on the crazy imperial system. But with that aside, where I live now, snow usually comes in January, leaves around March, so we get a nice three-month winter. Where I used to live... You know, we just finished Halloween. There's no way you're doing trick or treating and you're not in a snowsuit in that city because Seriously? it's just that oh yeah, a hundred percent. So snow came in October, left around April, maybe May there. So,
0: so after Bible school, you say you went on a trek across the country with your wife. Was that in Canada or were you still in the state? Were you were you in the states at that time?
2: Yeah, that's all still Canada. So we moved back to uh, Ontario. And to give you an example, basically, think about moving from. New York City to Helena, Montana. <laughs> That's basically the distance that we went. We went New York to Helena and back for nice. Bible college and then moved back home.
0: That's awesome. And so you're married now um, with, uh, with a little one, I, 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 if I remember correctly.
2: Correct. Married for four years, and we have an 18-month-old daughter, Lily.
0: That is a beautiful, beautiful name. So your, your pastor hires you. And was this, was this a church that you you said it was a church plant? Did you know this pastor prior to going to work for him?
2: Yeah, I I knew him. I I know, I know, I knew him pretty well. We had been, uh, colleagues verging on friends. We had played (laughs) on worship teams together a couple of times. Oh, so you sing. Well, I, I do not sing. Well, maybe kind of, I, I did record an album in, in high school and it did get, radio play on the local Christian station. So, that is you know, awesome. If I had stuck with that, I can guarantee you, nothing would have happened. <laughs>
0: <laughs> can I put you on the spot and have you sing us a bar right now?
2: Oh, there's def- there's no way that's happening. <laughs> my entire album was auto-tuned, Jared. If I, if I don't have my auto tune, if I don't have my Melodyne, there's no way that I'm, 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 you know, I just can't do it.
0: That's awesome. Okay, we'll move on from that. We'll move on from that. So you knew the guy, you were colleagues on the verge of becoming friends.
2: And basically, I'd been volunteering at his church, kind of filling in as a guitarist, a drummer, whatever he may need here and there. And he had kind of seen he had heard my story, basically, of how I recorded an entire album from scratch on my laptop, played every instrument, did all the vocals. And, you know, it was good enough to sell a handful of copies, enough for me to buy my engagement ring for Brittany, my now wife, and also to you know, get some local radio play. And I think what he saw, because he'll recount this now years later, he's like, I saw that if you were able to learn those skills from scratch without any teacher, without any prior musical knowledge, there was no reason why you couldn't learn these digital communication skills as well. And so basically, he funded my on-the-spot learning of that and then also execution of the skills within the church plant context.
0: That's incredible. So you recorded this album with, you knew nothing of it. I mean, other than how to play music and sing apparently. And you, I, I like how you're downplaying this, but yet it, it, you sold enough copies to, to pay for your, your engagement ring. Like that's that's kind of a big deal. Well, you don't know how expensive the engagement ring was. Well, you don't know that it. it was like, that's it was
2: true. a $25, you know, <laughs> basically a ring pop. So <laughs>
0: where, where are you buying ring pops that they're $25? That's what I'm saying like, it was a fancy ring. Oh, pop. I gotcha. I gotcha. Um, man, that's incredible. That's incredible. So, okay. See, cause one of the other questions I was going to ask was like, did you, were you put over digital communications because you were the young guy on the team? But now that you're explaining this a little bit further that you were able to record an album with no experience in that and sell and then get the radio play. That makes a lot more sense.
2: And you know what, Jared, just just to be nice, what I'll do is I'll send you over the the track that was number three on the local charts. And if you want to put in the chorus, you know, right here, I, I can't sing a bar, but if you want to throw it in in post-production, you better believe it that it. way.
0: You better believe it, folks. We're going to hold Brady to this now. We'll put the full song in the show notes for everybody. Um, I don't know where you're gonna find that. I, mean, I used to get hosted some. <laughs> it's Easter actually egg. on iTunes. There you go. I you're on, on iTunes? iTunes.
2: If you search, if you search for "fools with three O's," <laughs> because That's... it's stylized like a boss, <laughs> "fools with three O's." I think you can still find the album that I did with my wife. That was our second album. Oh my on gosh, iTunes. this is
0: incredible! I can't
2: believe I can't believe this is this is like never come out before on any <laughs> podcast. This is just all bad.
0: Dude, this is amazing. These key I, I heard you say you've got some keynotes coming up. I don't know if that's in 2017 or if you've still got them coming up this year, but this needs to be a part of your keynotes. This is awesome.
2: Uh, hey, look, we have nine reviews, all five stars. Yeah, check that out.
0: <laughs> Folks, this was not in the notes to talk about this, but you are hearing it first on the Creative Sheep podcast. This is incredible. This is incredible. This is something else. Uh, Okay, so fast forward. So you start the digital communications, your pastor entrusts this to you, you learn how to do it, you build the platform, and people are reaching out to you to help out with this. Um, So basically, was that when Pro Church Tools was born?
2: Yeah, essentially, I was always intrigued by online business and the prospect of being able to work from home. I I realized that after working in a church for a while, that I was just I was never going to be a really great employee. I just had too much ambition, and I, I really wanted to be my own boss. And so what I did was I took a shot, I was like, you know what, I, I had a, a big contract with the city of Edmonton, I was doing a mini, a mini doc on sexual exploitation within the city, the government was funding it, it was like, I was getting paid like $5,000 to make a five minute video, which for, you know, a 30 year college kid was like, insane money. Right. And so, I was like, this is gonna pay, um, you know, for me throughout the summertime, and I'm gonna launch this business and see what happens. And so, you know, we launched it, and I was able to, in that four months, replace the meager, have part-time church plant income that I was receiving. And that pushed me through the final year of Bible college. And basically the the business had just kind of started to skyrocket from there. And the goal from the beginning was I wanted to be able to have both me and my wife and our family have a hundred percent freedom from work. And so since then, like I, I've actually never had a real job, Jared. I've always been at home with the family. Wife doesn't work, she's at home. Obviously our daughter is at home with us. And <laughs> and right now, like what's cool is now we have a business where We've got currently five full time people plus me expanding again in 2017. We're moving into our first uh, official office space in December. Uh, right now, we're in my renovated garage. There's like 400 square feet, and there's six of us in here. So we've got 3,000 square feet of a brand new <laughs> industrial building with, you know, it's getting de- professionally designed and renovated. It's going to be sweet. And all of the people that I hired are like friends from high school. We all went to youth group together, and now we all work together making art and helping churches. So it's, uh, it's pretty much just a utopia over here.
0: <laughs> That's awesome, man. Your story is super super inspiring. How old are, at the time of this recording? How old are you now? I am 25. 25. Ladies and gentlemen, this is crazy, Brady, and you you're employing five other people besides yourself. Wife is able to stay at home, getting ready to move into a new place. Like this is the, um, I don't know if it's, if I can say that it's like the Canadian dream, but it's like the American dream. Uh, it's the Canadian millennial dream. <laughs> <laughs> so super, super awesome, man. Uh Love what you're doing. Love what Pro Church Tools is doing. So now let's, so it, it, Pro Church Tools now is how old? Three years old. Now. Three years old. You said that just a minute ago. Um let, Let's fast forward now. So It all started with uh, just helping churches initially and creating videos and whatnot. But like, fast forward to today, what? Because you you kind of glazed over it there that you guys do art and you help churches. Now I, I know there's a lot more to it than that, but like, what what specifically? What are some different avenues of help that you provide to churches today?
2: Yeah, so our goal is all about providing pro tips and practical tools for churches when it comes to communications. And so we basically have three different avenues that we like to do that. We have education, we have our agency, and we have software. And so the education side is our main platform, ProChurchTools.com. Every week we publish new videos, podcasts, and articles that are 100% free. We've got more than 300 pieces of content on there that is 100% accessible, free of charge for everyone. And then we also have our paid courses. So if you know, if you really want to do a deep dive into Instagram, into creating baptism videos, into building the dream website that your church deserves, then we have paid courses for that as well. Uh, and then we have the agency side, which is where I said create art for churches. We have this site called provideoannouncements.com. And so we work with about 100 churches there every week. We create sermon bumpers, video announcements obviously and you know graphics for churches and then in 2017 we're endeavoring into software as well and so that's going that's going to kind of round out our product offering you know software we, we can do it for you we can teach you how to do it whatever it is that you find yourself fits best with your church we want to help you communicate better
0: now when you say software give us a little little further dive on that what do you, what do you mean when you say you're providing software for churches
2: well, I just got off the second call with our design team, which was kind of our discovery, um, you know, dis- the, the discovery call. So we've done three hours now of talking about what this piece of software is going to be, what it's going to do, uh, and how it's going to help churches. And, and it's pretty much proprietary information at this point, Jared. And I've already given mm-hmm. away so much of my life that was, should never have come to light. I just I can't give you this one <laughs> as well. I respect but I that. Will I will just give you the name for what we're gonna call it, okay? So yes. just give you the name, just Bring one it. word: nucleus. Oh, that's come all on! I can now. Tell you though—that's that, intense. You, though. It I wa- is.
0: I want to break it down. I want to talk about the protons and electrons and
2: look—it's and- biology for churches.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, all right. So, dude, this is awesome. I love what you guys are doing up there. I love what you're doing. Um, and and now, like, this is spawning into you're doing some traveling and speaking as well, right?
2: Yeah, that's kind of the thing that comes with an online platform, I suppose. I, I recently spoke, I did my first live conference. I've done a handful of online conferences. I think one of them is actually happening this week. I've probably done five to ten of ten of those online conferences, but I, I did my first live conference where I had to travel to, so it was in Atlanta called That Church Conference, yeah. com, and yeah, so it's like, there's the you know social media pastor of North Point and the communication pastor of New Spring and then there's Brady the 25-year-old Canadian from Pro Church Tools <laughs> that's never even worked full time at a church and and all that happens because you know we have this online platform we have tens of thousands of churches that interact with our content every single month and you know i think what we're doing is is helping churches and i think that communications is one of the things that i'm somewhat skilled at and so i guess that's how i end up next to those you know monsters in a good way at that yeah. conference.
0: Yeah. They, I mean, those are the guys you were talking about. there are just beasts. And yeah, like you said, in a, in a totally good way. So now when it comes to communications, one of the things that you, you seem to have a passion for is storytelling. Um, and this is something that pro church tools does is, is storytelling. Am I accurate in saying that?
2: Yeah. I mean, it's the bedrock for all of our communication.
0: Okay. Well, let's dive into that a little bit. You know, I, I kind of feel like, and I'm not the creative type, like when it comes to creative sheep, Roman is our creative director. I'm more the business side of what we do. Um, and one of the things that I've noticed over the past, I don't know, five year, five plus years is the word story has become, I would even say somewhat of like a corporate buzzword and that you've got to tell your story. When you're online, you're always trying to tell a story. And I, for me anyways, I know it can seem like somewhat of a daunting task. Um, so like, if you could just break it down for us for, for maybe some of the pastors out there listening, some of the children's children's pastors, the next gen pastors out there listening that are just like telling my story. Like, what does that mean? in like the the simplest form that you can lay it out for us.
2: Yeah. And I I love that you just hit on that Jared, because story and storytelling have become like a buzzword that for many of us just have lost meaning over the last couple of years because we've heard it so many times it's like when someone says be intentional nowadays it doesn't really have the same resonance as it once did because yeah. we're like yeah be intentional i've heard that 1000 <laughs> million times and right. story is the same thing you, just, you could be a storyteller tell stories and so when we approach story as a company and when we teach churches about storytelling we really try to take a practical very step by step tactical approach to it because what i don't like doing is kind of talking about high-minded rhetoric and these you know top-level strategies and you know motivational and then people are like yes we're all excited to tell our stories and then they're like wait, wait wait i don't know how to do that at all and so i'd love to break down just kind of what 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 we really think is the bedrock of storytelling and the first thing that you need to know is that why everyone loves storytelling so much is because storytelling is scientifically proven to be the most powerful form of human communication. There is no other form of communicating with another human, with a group of people, that is more powerful, more impactful and effective than storytelling. And the reason for this is that storytelling is the only form of communication that will cause your brain and my brain to focus. Now, this is gonna Mm. ring true for a lot of people when they hear it, but it's not something we think about that often. But up to a third of our waking hours are spent in a daydream or imaginative state, and what I mean by that is you might be listening to this podcast right now, and you're you know you're kind of into it, but you're also thinking about what's for dinner, and you're thinking about that ending of Walking Dead, and you're just really not happy about it, and you're thinking about you know the the game that you're gonna watch tonight, you're thinking about Sunday morning, it's coming up sooner than you'd like to believe, and really you're kind of listening, but you're not really listening. But if I start telling a story, if I if I, if I start you know breaking down into a narrative. That'll actually cause your brain to pull itself right out of that fog subconsciously. You won't even notice it's happening, and suddenly you'll be dialed into me. And I see this every single week when I'm on stage presenting announcements. I'm in charge of the hosting at my church, so that's giving, connection card, welcoming new visitors, announcements, setting up the message, all that good stuff wrapped into one we call it hosting. Now, when I'm hosting and I'm delivering an announcement, let's say it's for baptism, If I just start talking about baptism, that, you know, baptism's happening next week, we'd love to get you registered, just head to the big blue wall in the lobby, baptism is great, come on, don't miss it, people are not really paying attention, but... When I go into the story of how I was baptized, about how I grew up in this really small Baptist church, and there was only about 30 people that attended. And in my church, we didn't have a baptism tank or anything like that. And so what I did when I was baptized was I was about 12 years old, and we went to my pastor's home. And in his backyard, he had an in-ground pool. And me and about five others of our church, all young people, 10 to 15 years old, we all got baptized in his in-ground pool. And that's where my baptism happened. If I start with that, I notice everyone's paying attention. Eyes are locked on me. And then what I do is I use that to kind of grab people's attention. And then I pivot and get them to take uh get them to take action, get them to that next step, which is registering for baptism. So why is why is storytelling so important? Why do people talk about it so much? Well, it's the most powerful form of communication. And the reason for that is because it's the only form of communication that causes our brains to focus. And what we like to say at Pro Church Tools is that attention is the most valuable commodity that your church can have. Because mm. if you don't have people's attention, you can't get them to take next steps. You can't get them to be inspired to give. You can't get them to sign up for things. You can't even get them to pay attention to the message, engage in worship. Literally, nothing can happen between you as a church who's communicating and your congregation who's listening without attention. And the best way to get attention is with story.
0: Dude, that's that's incredible. That is incredible. Um, And I heard uh, Steve Jobs actually said one time that he he loves to start any speech that he does with, let me tell you a story. And it's for that very, very reason that you just described is that he will lead in with a story because it grabs people's attention straight away. I mean, you even look at Jesus and what he did. He was an incredible storyteller. Um, Man, I love that so much. So
2: well, let me just jump in about yeah, what yeah. you said about Jesus, because this is also true. Storytelling just isn't just proven based on the scientific evidence that we have and our knowledge of how the brain works, but Jesus knew this 2,000 years ago, way before we knew how the brain works now. There's this great book by Robert Stein called The Method and Message of Jesus, and what he does is he takes inventory of all of Jesus's teachings throughout the synoptic gospels, and he tabulates it all together, and he found that at the very least, no less than 35% of of Jesus' teachings was spent using story. So at the very least, a little bit more than a third of the time that Jesus is teaching and sharing the biggest truths that the world has ever heard and explaining these things like the kingdom of God and trying to get some disciples to understand what he's saying, he's using story. And so you got the scientific evidence and you have the Christological evidence.
0: Dude, that's incredible. Um, You've clearly put a lot of work into this, and one of the things I, I love about you and Uh, really respect about you is and not in like a weird way, but just like a lot of respect for you that I I heard you on Carrie Newhouse podcast a couple of years ago or a year ago or whenever that was um, you're, you're big into systems. Like you're big into breaking things down and making them systematic to where everything isn't hinged on you, which is proven by the fact that now at 25 years old, you have five staff members working for you um, and that you're able to hand things off and, duplicate yourself essentially through these systems and allow other people to do the work. And so you gave us the bedrock here for stories. Um, If you can kind of dive a little further here, like what are some of the other components that make up a great story? Like if you're trying to craft a story, what's the, what's the best way to go about this? What steps do I need to take? Like what practical uh, action steps can we give our audience right now?
2: Well, you're absolutely right that I'm a big fan of processes and systems, and so it it might not come as a surprise that I have a formula for storytelling, (laughs) and if you're okay, I can share that formula right now. Dude, fire away. Okay, so it's a three-step storytelling formula, and I developed this specifically for churches. Now, I've done a ton of study on storytelling, and I've I've taken courses and learned from some very, very strong storytellers. And inside of this formula, there, you know, there's a bit of Pixar, there's a little bit of Jonathan Gottschall, there's some Donald Miller, there's some Robert McKee, a master, uh, one of the best uh, screenwriters of all time. And... That's what I've taken all of the information from, but I've kind of condensed it, made it simple and specifically for churches. So three-step church storytelling formula. Step one is a lead with a problem. Every story has to center on a lead character and they've got to have some kind of tension or issue that they're dealing with. Now, This is something that you'll see in movies all the time. And in film, we call it an inciting incident. So what'll happen is the film will begin and suddenly we're introduced to a character and suddenly they've, they've got a problem of some kind. And you'll notice this. Begin watching a movie and wait for that inciting incident. It'll always happen this way. They'll introduce the character and then they'll introduce the problem. That's step one. Step two in the storytelling formula is a mentor with a blueprint. And so what happens in this second step is our lead character is confronted by a mentor. This is someone who's been there before. This is someone who empathizes with the lead character's problem. And what they do is they come alongside the character. They're not stealing the spotlight, they're just coming alongside and they're offering this lead character a blueprint to figure out this problem. And then finally, step three, a result from a decision. So you have this lead character, they're informed by this mentor and based on the blueprint that the mentor gives the lead character this lead character makes a decision and the results well that's the climax of the story good things happen bad things happen so just to recap step 1 a lead with a problem step 2 a mentor with a blueprint and step 3 a result from a decision that is the basic story formula that you can see any story follow that that arc it's very universal the great thing about storytelling jared is that it's not really up for debate. There's basically a small handful of story arcs, and this is how story is done, and it's not changing. So the great thing is if you can learn how to tell a good story, you can be set for life on every communication platform. So if you've ever felt kind of the tension of, oh my goodness, Instagram stories just dropped, and now I gotta figure out this social platform. Oh, Snapchat, what is that about? X platform that we don't even know about that's coming out in the next 18 months. What'll happen is every time a new platform comes out, I don't worry anymore because I'm just like, I know how to tell stories. And telling stories works the same whether I'm on a podcast, whether I'm on Snapchat, whether I'm live on stage, or whether I'm building a website. Storytelling is the same everywhere. And so if you learn storytelling, you're basically future-proof for communication the rest of your life.
0: That's fantastic. And I think uh, you said that there's a there's only a few arcs when it comes to storytelling. And I think it, I heard it was Matthew Lunn, who who is a storyteller at Pixar. He's done work on. Uh, I think he was even there, like when Pixar released Toy Story. Uh, he helped work on that. <clears throat> and he talks about. I've heard him talk about before at conferences that actually any great story is just a picture of uh, of Jesus essentially. Any great story is the story of Jesus, and that there's. Like you said, that there is a there's there's a lead with a problem, and then there's someone that comes in to help fix it, which is the 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 mentor with a blueprint. And it, every great story points back to Jesus. They may all look different, but it's because it, he describes it that we're all searching for the savior. And and it's it's it, in any story the savior would be that mentor with a blueprint, not necessarily the savior. But man, this is an incredible system you're laying out here. This is really great stuff. So
2: well, I love what you're saying. And and let, let me give a practical example to, to take what can sometimes be a hypothetical storytelling formula and bring it to a real example. Yeah, uh, What you said just reminded me of Harry Potter a lot. So Harry Potter, he's our lead character and he's got a problem. His problem is that he's got these weird powers and, you know, he he lives with some people that are 100% different from him. And this is a universal problem that we've all felt. We feel like the outcast. We don't know what it's like to fit in. Our family seems different from us. Our friends seem different from us. We are 100% outcast from the rest of society. We all have had that feeling, you know, that loneliness Mm -hmm. feeling. A lead with a problem. So Harry Potter, what happens is Harry goes to the Hogwarts school of wizardry, and he meets this mentor with a blueprint. Mentor being... Oh, not Gandalf. That's the wrong one. What's it called? What's what, What's the guy from Harry Potter called? Dude, Dumbledore. That's his go, name. So my team. Is, I'm just looking at my team, and they're like, what's that? So he meets Dumbledore. Now, Dumbledore is like the principal of the school, and he comes alongside Harry, and he's like, you know what, Harry? I know what it's like to feel lonely. I know what it's like to feel like an outcast. Here's the blueprint that you need to follow. Here's the blueprint for triumphing over evil. Here's the blueprint for being a person who's a great friend, and a great son, and a great Ally. And then you have this result from a decision. Harry eventually confronts evil, epitomized in the evil character from Harry Potter, Voldemort. And what happens is, Harry, the only way to defeat evil is he has to willingly sacrifice his own life. He does that. And it turns out that by willingly sacrificing his own life, it actually gives him life and he, you know, returns from the dead does this sound familiar at all? <laughs> and, and so this is, you know, that's a practical way of looking at a, a real life example, rather of looking at this storytelling formula and a really uh, a real life example of how almost every story arc does follow the Jesus story arc.
0: Yeah. So, so good. Um, so let's, let's take that. You said just a moment ago that attention is the greatest commodity we have when it comes to our churches. Um, and that doesn't just fall within the four walls of our church. Um, you had some great examples there, and I think there's a ton of this that even would apply then to communicating and preaching and teaching from a stage and the, utilizing some of this formula. Um, but but then you take it beyond that to some of the things that ProChurchTools.com helps with, with things like uh, web and social media and, and different things like that, and using this formula— on these other platforms to tell stories. If you don't mind jumping into that, I, I'm probably not setting you up the best for this, but just how, how this not... Because you even said yourself, like, this doesn't matter what platform comes out next. If I can master this, we're good. Um, but this definitely doesn't just apply to inside your four walls, which I think too many churches are still concerned about is only what's happening within their four walls as opposed to going where the people are. And one major aspect of that is web, and then in particular, social media, and then telling a story and telling, showing a narrative through, and then as you said just a moment ago too, the being intentional with your marketing efforts. Um, there's too many churches I see that their social media still looks like they're trying to communicate only to church members. Um, and so they're, they're telling a story, but it's a very uh, exclusive story rather than inclusive story. And I'm kind of jumping all over the place here, but tell us a little bit of how this method applies, not just from a stage with a mic in your hand, but also online through web and social media and the different avenues out there.
2: If we can establish that attention is the most valuable commodity that your church can have, attention, then you have to ask yourself, okay, where are people already paying attention? Attention is very difficult to earn. So... Let's stack the deck in our favor. Where are people already paying attention? Well, they're paying attention to the little device that's in the palm of their hand. Mm. They're on social media. They're on the internet that's where attention is very, very strong right now. And that's going to change. You know, you don't want to get too romantic, as Gary V says, with a specific platform. You don't want to fall in love with Instagram so much that when in five years, Instagram, people aren't paying attention there anymore. You move on. You, you refuse to move on because you're like, no, no, but this is where all the good things happened. And this is what I see churches dealing with all the time. Churches are concerned about really jumping online, really diving into social media as much as they should because they're very romantic about the ways that things used to be. Attention mm-hmm. used to be very strong in that 60 to 90 to 120 minute church experience each week. People were very attentive to the pastor delivering their message from stage. Well, nowadays, I have a podcast queue that's a mile long and the amount of like t- the amount of podcast listening I do and audiobook listening that I do is insane. And so when I hear a pastor on stage giving me the 40-minute lesson, Mm. or uh, pardon me, the 40-minute message, to me it's like, okay, yeah, I guess my attention's here, but it's not really here. And so if attention is the most important commodity and it's very difficult to earn, let's stack the deck in our favor and go where attention is already being given. And that is social media and your website. So take storytelling there because it's already where people are. Go where the people are.
0: That's brilliant. Um, I love that mindset because I think, again, too many churches have the mindset of, well, just come to us. Just come to us. I was listening to Rich Birch's podcast, the Unseminary podcast, um, and I'm blanking on who he was talking to. He was talking to this guy out of London, and and they were talking about this very principle, and they were actually talking about how that a lot of the real ministry that takes place is actually taking place in the marketplace these days to where—I that mean, that's, that's oftentimes where the lost people are, not as much in churches. And it's going where the people are. It's not expecting them to always come to you, but going where they are. That's what Jesus did. Jesus went where the people were. And I just—I love this principle of go where the people are. Don't wait for them to come to you. Go where they are. And you also reference Gary Vaynerchuk. And I'm a huge Gary Vee fan. Um, if you've listened to this podcast at all, folks, you know this. Um, and I can't recommend following him enough, um, along with Brady. You're going to have to watch the language with uh, with Gary uh, a little bit, but the guy can teach you some things about social media. Give him a follow. He's just at Gary Vee, real simple, um, G-A-R-Y-V-E-E. Um, anyhow, so back to, back to our topic of conversation here. One One question I would have for you, Brady, is that um, I've heard it said before that I, I can't remember the exact number, but I think it's like 95% of what you can do, what you do can be done by anybody else. And I believe that's like the systematic part of what we do. And th- that's the aspect of what we do that can be built into a system and handed off to somebody else. But then there's that last 5% that only you can do. So how do you, in in telling stories and building these systems around telling stories, how do you account for that last 5%? What do you build in? How do you uh, maintain the level of excellence uh, that you have? Are you signing off on every video that comes through? Are you signing off on every project that comes through? It sounds like with the sheer volume of work that you're doing, I don't know if that's possible. But uh, just from your perspective, like, how do you account for that last 5% that, that separates and differentiates certain people from others?
2: Well, in that equation... In my mind that 5% doesn't always apply to individual projects. You know, that's not a strict 95/5 approach to everything. Sure. You know, it's not like I can uh, I can type up 95% of this, but someone else has to type up the rest 5%. That was like the brutal analogy. But um so for instance, I just had one of my team, one of my editors, Jonas, uh, create a video, a recap video of our baptism experience that happened this weekend. It needed to be a minute long. He had to, you know, sift through about 500 gigs worth of footage, and he put together this one-minute clip. And he sent it over to me, and I said, great, I'm going to make a couple of edits, and we'll send it off. I'm just going to go back on this specific project and do just a couple little tweaks that are easier for me to do. It'll take me five minutes than explaining over Slack to him how to do it. But then there are other things. Like, I'm watching watching another one of my editors right now, Tristan. He's working on a sermon bumper for a church. The sermon bumper is called God With Us. I'm not even going to look at this sermon bumper. He's going to send it off and it'll be done. Because in this instance... We have such a strong system, and I've kind of delegated to him his own creative problem solving that I can trust him there. And so when it comes to storytelling, what's great about storytelling is that it is entirely universal. Unlike video editing in Adobe Premiere or Adobe After Effects or Photoshop, where there are specific skills that people need to use that don't come naturally, storytelling comes naturally to every single one of us. We've been telling stories and listening to stories for the entirety of our lives they're baked into our genetic makeup and into our cultural makeup. All cultures revolve around storytelling, whether yeah. it's caves on a, caves in a wall or sorry, walls in a cave or, you know, Snapchat. It's always storytelling. And so, everyone in your church, everyone on your staff is already aware and capable of telling great stories. So if you give them this formula, you know, this framework to follow, that's going to give them really that 5% they need to take the 95% the rest of the way for themselves. And, and really what makes, I would say that every, in the storytelling realm, which I think is a bit unique in this instance, every single person has their own unique 5% spin on this. Yep. Because storytelling is a universal thing. The way Tristan's going to tell a story and the way Jonas is going to tell a story are going to be different and unique than the way I will. And they're also going to be equally valuable and equally valid because storytelling is part of their DNA. Now, I might have the final say on a video editing thing like, okay, my 5% on this project is I need to tweak the color grading and choose a different shot for here because I don't like it based on my own personal taste. But when it comes to storytelling, I mean, if, if Tristan wants to tell a story in some way and I want to do it in another way, I mean, that's his prerogative. So
0: so it's not necessarily that there's a 100% right way and a 100% wrong way to, to do this and then to tag on that. I would imagine that you would agree too that to some degree it comes with practice, just doing it and that because I can hand somebody this system and they would be able to tell a story. I 100% agree with you on that, but it may not be as compelling as say you putting together a story and telling it because you've got more experience actually practicing this art of storytelling. Would you agree with that?
2: A hundred percent, And then you have to add in the additional component of the medium through which you're sharing the story. right. So I think that so my lead pastor is a brilliant communicator, and I think that I can probably tell a story better than him on Snapchat and Instagram. But my same storytelling ability would be trumped by his on stage during a message mm. because. We're taking our storytelling knowledge and we're applying it in different mediums. And each medium has its own you know, unique language, subtle differences between the way you're delivering a story. And so there's also that context to be considered.
0: That's really, really good. And that's, that's actually one of the things Gary Vaynerchuk talks about is finding your medium because he talks about how some people are really great writers. Others are really great on audio, like a podcast or a radio show. And you've got people that would do great on video and then live communicating as well. And finding that one that fits well for you, like uh, John Posey, for example, he's he's our one of our main writers uh, for Creative Sheep, and they, he he just does a phenomenal job. He's an incredible writer. Where I'm not, I'm not very good at writing. Um, but like you said, if if you put us on stage, I I I tend to have more. Uh, I, I tend to be able to communicate on stage a little bit better. And that's not a slight towards him. Like he can run circles around me when it comes to writing. And so. Man, that's that's a really uh, astute approach to this is finding your uh, appropriate medium to being able to tell stories. That's really, really cool. So <clears throat> one th- one question I would have for you is with the ever-changing, and you may have already answered this, but I, I want to throw it at you anyhow, with the ever-changing landscape of media, and and then you get into social media, video, audio, all of this stuff just is constantly, constantly changing. How do you keep up? How do you stay relevant? And I I would ask, even in regards to a church, people on limited budgets, um, how do you stay relevant um, with this ever-changing landscape known as media? I think what's
2: interesting is that there is this perception that every form of social media is this secret vault to be unlocked. Like, if we can just discover the secrets of this medium, then we can have as many followers as this person, as many followers as this organization. But I just don't think that's the case, really. If you look at the things that end up going viral, you know, most of the times they revolve around a compelling story and forget virality if because that's you know uh, a needle in a haystack that really isn't mm-hmm. worth pursuing just think about building a solid audience what's great about this whole storytelling thing is that it's the perfect thing for every single medium and I really do believe that. And I truly mean it. And I've seen it on every platform. And so when it comes to keeping up, there are certain things like, you know, the first time you open Snapchat, the interface is kind of weird. And if not weird, just foreign and unknown. It's unlike any other major social platform. And so, you know, we put together a post, the ultimate guide to Snapchat, for churches and it like it has gifs that are built into it saying okay this is how you get to this page this is how you do that and then once you master the interface which might take you 60 minutes all you're doing is telling stories all over again and that works for facebook that works for snapchat it works for me on stage it works for building my website it's it's everything
0: so it all just comes back to master storytelling and then the medium in which you're going to do it that part's going to change but focus on stories telling stories
2: that's what i believe Now, every medium does have its own unique quirks and stuff. Like in Snapchat, Instagram stories, you're telling stories through 10 second intervals. That's very different than on a podcast where I get to just ramble and there's no time limit. (laughs) And, you know, Jared's going to have to shut me down if I go too far over because I have nothing to rein me in. Right. (laughs) On Snapchat, I can see the counter. It's going to get to that full circle momentarily. And then I've got to start over. And so there are unique you know different customs different cultures for these different mediums but, but i'm still telling the exact same story it's still the bedrock of communication you know just because i have a 10 second limit or a 10 minute limit that doesn't change the fact that storytelling is still the bedrock of communication
0: that's really really solid uh so hey g- give our give our folks out there i know that there's some some resources they can get over at prochurchtools.com uh, talk about those. But then in addition to that, what are some other places they can look? What other uh, books, podcasts, uh, audiobooks, whatever it is that you're listening to that would be of help in the, in the realm of storytelling?
2: We have a course inside of Pro Church Academy, which is our educational, uh, our online school for churches called The Skill of Storytelling. And it's basically like 75 minutes of me going in depth on this topic. You can find that at ProChurchAcademy.com. And then when it comes to additional resources, I can share with you the small handful. I think it's five books, four books that really meant the world to me learning storytelling so the first one is called the storytelling animal by jonathan Gottschall, and that has to do with the way we're wired for story you've probably heard me you've definitely heard me say this a couple of times where i've talked about the genetic makeup of humankind and how we're just wired to tell stories and listen to stories well this book breaks that down the storytelling animal by jonathan Gottschall. Story by Robert McKee is this giant screenwriting book. Uh, Robert McKee is like this legend of screenwriting, and his students and him have worked on basically everything you've ever heard of. And he, this is kind of his master manifesto on storytelling through screenwriting, which is extremely compelling because it talks about characters and narrative, and it goes really deep. But it also has some more broad applications for story as a whole. There's another great book called TED Talks Storytelling by Akash Korea. This is an insanely short ebook only. It's like $3, crazy practical. And all it does is it breaks down the most popular viral TED Talks of all time and it finds the common threads in all of them. Mm. And no surprise, the common threads are storytelling. Wow. And it talks about like these specific elements of supercharging your stories. Like one example is he talks about being very specific. So don't just say, a man walks into a bar. Say, a man, six foot tall, wearing blue jeans, with a funny look on his face, walks into a bar. That is like an example of, you know, a way to supercharge your stories. Mm. And then the final book is called A Million Miles in a Thousand Years, which is by Donald Miller. This book's all about living a better story, but it's also about screenwriting and, and storytelling as a whole. So those are the kind of the four books that have meant a ton to me in the last year. Uh, 2016 learning about story.
0: That's fantastic. Do you, just out of curiosity, do you follow or listen to or study any comedians in their storytelling ability?
2: Comedians are incredibly, incredibly fascinating to me. My wife and I just saw Jerry Seinfeld about two weeks ago. He was here just an hour down the road from us. And that was a, you know, a once in a lifetime experience for us. I'm a huge Seinfeld fan and so is my wife. And what I love about comedians in particular, is the cr- the way they approach their craft. and Seinfeld is a great example of this. Like he did a sixty minute set, and you know that it probably took him six hundred hours to work on that set, yeah, where he's working on every single phrasing, tone of voice, and every individual word. And there isn't a single word in there that's spoken accidentally. I think twice in the entire sixty minute set, he had to correct himself once he said, Uh, He said kid instead of child, and another time he stumbled over a word. He was like, you know, years, and then he was like, he just repeated himself. So twice in a 70-minute set did he misspeak. Like, that is entirely memorized, and he's playing off the crowd, and he's using— And, of course, comedy is basically all stories. You know, every single comedian set is— so. I was dating this girl and, and you know, and then it just goes off into a crazy. So yeah, fascinating, fascinating, Canadians fascinate me because it's like something I can never imagine executing well. And they're just like on an entirely another level of awesomeness.
0: It's incredible. And I love that you brought up Jerry Seinfeld. He's one that I love to follow the most and study what he does. I heard him say in an interview one time that he will spend an hour getting an eight word line down to five an hour to eliminate three words if possible. And he's very, very intentional. You want to talk about being intentional. He's very intentional in what he has to say. Not only that, the stories that he tells, he talks about how he focuses on the minutia. His, he's always focused on really little things, like one of his claim to fames is the the bit about the... The hair stuck on, the, and clinging to the wall and the shower, and how gross it is. And that rather than just wiping it off, you try to fling water over to it to to slowly work it down the wall. And just the way that he breaks things down like that, I, he is an incredible storyteller. Another one, I, I just to throw a couple out there, not to steal your interview here, uh, Brady, but Mike Berbiglia is an incredible storyteller. Um, Dane Cook, if you can get past the language, the way that guy can tell stories is amazing. I totally agree with you. Comedians are phenomenal storytellers. Brady, you have been the man dropping this knowledge on us today. This has been some really great stuff. If folks want to hear more, how do they get in touch with you and how do they find some of these resources that you've talked about today?
2: ProChurchTools.com is our home base for everything. You can find all of my social media accounts linked in the footer of our site, ProChurchTools.com. So if you want to connect with me on social, online, I'd love to connect with you there. And like I said, we've got 300 plus free resources on our site pertaining to digital communication, video, design, communications, all the stuff that we talked about today. It's all there. It's all for free.
0: Folks, go check it out. ProChurchTools.com. And once again, Brady, can't thank you enough for joining us today.
1: It's been a blast. Jared, thanks again. Thanks so much for listening to the Leadership Podcast today. If you'd like to connect with us or ask us a question of any kind, you can find us on social media. That is Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, we are at creative underscore sheep. Uh, this show is brought to you by creativesheep.org, uh, Leadership Podcast. Uh, so definitely connect with us. And Jared, I'm told the, uh, the the producers have told me the numbers are in.
0: The numbers and
1: are in. We are just about to hit twenty five thousand downloads. For yes. This podcast. Yes.
0: That's a big. That's a big number. It is a big number. And so thank you to everyone out there listening, sharing, uh, subscribing, reviewing. You guys, you guys and gals out there listening are amazing. If it wasn't for you, we wouldn't do this because it would only be our mothers listening.
1: That's right. We love our mothers, but we also love you.
0: <laughs> Folks, until next week. Uh, hey, you know, next week, episode 50. You don't want to miss it. It's coming.
1: You absolutely do not want to not miss it. I'm going to be uh, wrapping my little heart out. Uh, definitely, we will see you next week. Farewell. Peace out, y'all.